thinking of a stupid title for this show. One that's dumber than Meet Me at Applebee's in the first place. <laughs> well, yeah, this is going to be dumb and cheesy, but it's fine. Well, yeah, certainly. I mean, it was our fault. We made a mistake. Spider said it was clear. I wasn't clear. And, you know, I, I didn't want to tear my car, tear his car up either. I respect everybody and I demand respect. And, you know, I apologized to the guy when he came over the car, explained to him what happened. And then he took it to another level when he started calling me an idiot and whatever else. And I don't appreciate that. I'm not going to take it. I told him how I feel. I called him out. He didn't show. You know, and so, you know, I'm good with it. He's good with it. But I'm not going to be disrespected by no means. Yeah, I guess uh, I had a dinner date at Applebee's last night that I didn't find out until it was too late. It's a shame. Love their riblets and boneless wings. But, uh... Welcome back to Meet Me at Applebee's, your down and dirty motorsports podcast. A lot of dirt talk on the show this week, so uh, hence hence the the title. Didn't have to put Uh, it like that, but But, uh, I am uh, Brian, as always, here with uh, Ashley and Rob. Folks, how are we doing this week? I think we're both pretty tired, right, True Love? I'm tired. Yeah. (laughs) You're folding up all your clothes and putting your Crocs in your backpack. (laughs) Those Crocs are staying home. You're tired already, and you haven't even hit the fucking road yet? Yeah, well, I've been packing all day and getting my shit ready. I, uh, I, I mean, I know how, how important coordinating and making sure you got your outfits ready for the race are, so I get which, that. Which <laughs> pair of Crocs matches your Richard Petty t-shirt that you're going to wear? <laughs> In case you guys don't, this is the first time you've ever listened. True Love is going to Martinsville next weekend. This weekend. This weekend. She's going to Martinsville. She's not going to the modified race, though, so that's a point of contention no. I have. I don't. Have to, I just don't have a way of getting there. Yeah. There's tomorrow. But uh, you are going to uh, the RCR Fan Day. I am. I will be the RCR parking lot all fucking day on Friday, just <laughs> sitting there. There's there, stewing. Just a stacked <laughs> roster of drivers, including Ty Dillon, who was not advertised because he doesn't drive for RCR, but he is one of Pop Pop's special boys, yeah. so he'll be there. Yeah, we got Ty Dillon. We got Austin Dillon. We probably got fucking Jesse Love, because he just signed to RCR today. Yeah. I got, I'm, I'm sure. sure. Whitney will be there, Muriel, the whole... If, Muriel. If you don't get a picture with at least... Two members of that show, I'm gonna be very upset. Yeah, Muriel. And I want it to be the ladies. Do, so. I don't. I wonder if Muriel's gonna be there. I'm. I'm. I bet Maybe. Whitney's got her. She's gonna have her eye out for you because I did send her oh, your, right. your, your your IG link Modeling for scout. her influencer thing. Yeah. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, Kyle Busch also gonna be another reality show uh, star. Kyle Busch. He'll be. Uh, yeah. He'll be present. And then Kevin Harvick too, which is kind of cool. His wife, Samantha, will be there. She'll have her clothing boutique set up and signing autographs. So, Well, it's a good thing I already have a Samantha Bush autographed 8x10, oh. so I don't need you to get me oh, one. Nice. Thank you. Oh. Yeah. Tell me she's got cool trucker hats for sale. Yeah. They did advertise a celebrity pickleball tournament, which probably just means... It just means Chocolate mean Myers is feeling good enough again. <laughs> <laughs> Go out there and play. <laughs> yeah. That's a a little thing about the RCR uh, campus. Uh, Chocolate Myers is always fucking there. It seems like. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Office. Always a cot. Yeah. Well, he 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 records his uh, serious show from there too. Like the one time I went, um, he was recording the whole fucking time. But yeah. thankfully, just before I left, he was able to get out and you know say hi and take a photo with me and stuff. So. Yeah. 
pretty cool to see him uh, poking around there. Yeah. Uh, for sure. But yeah, after uh, so after after RCR Fan Day, then you're going to the racetrack, right? You'll be there for all the other happenings at yeah, Martinsville. I'll be, I'll be there Saturday and Sunday, so Xfinity and Cup. You're camping out, right? No, no. Mm. I'm sleeping on Jeremy's couch, and mm. he lives like an hour from the track, so. You had enough fried bologna? Yeah, but Andy, Andy Newsom will be there camping, so I will get to see Andy in the flesh again, and see what the baloney situation is looking like hell yeah that's awesome so I'll, I'll come back with those updates well i'm definitely jealous uh especially having been to martinsville recently even though the race i went to was terrible uh it was a really cool place to hang out so yeah yeah the yeah, weather be 80s. better really that hot yeah Fuck. So. you better bring those crocs then <laughs> fish them out of the trash <laughs> Sweating in my boots. <laughs> oh man. Well, that'll be fun. Look forward to hearing about it. You should go yeah. see the modified race though, because there's like 42 cars in the entry list. It's gonna be dope. I wish. But yeah, if anyone listening is gonna be it, sitting in that parking lot on Friday or at Martinsville, hit me up. Bring beer to RCR, cause I'm gonna need it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ashley will shotgun a beer with you in the uh, NRA uh, stuffed bear. Um, <laughs> you know, I bet you I get my ass kicked by Pop Pop himself for calling it a stuffed bear room. That's not what it is. <laughs> Taxidermy. <laughs> he would definitely take his watch off for that. You got a you got a hell of a stuffed animal collection there, uh, Mr. Childers. Yeah, that that is just it is a very like uh, disorienting thing to walk into and you just expect it's to go to a race turn. museum and then all of a sudden there's just a fucking room of dead animals like oh cool awesome just floor to ceiling yeah yeah it's kind of cool but well <laughs> uh, you know it's something um but anyways that's that's what's happening in the future we got to talk about what just happened that's and that true. was a bunch of racing uh from uh shit we had dirt racing from eldora we had dirt racing from devil's bowl and then we had a homestead and lots of stuff happened at homestead so uh i guess we'll start with homestead first as as i guess is the tradition for the most part but two two good races this weekend as yep. Is tradition, I guess, at Homestead. Um, both the Cup and Xfinity were both just really, really good shows. Xfinity especially had a really good finish, and uh, you know, it wasn't quite as intense in Cup, but still, I think it was an interesting strategy type race with an almost win uh, by Blaney at the very end. So, yeah, what do you, what do you guys think? Man, that pretty much sums it up for me, to be honest. I enjoyed this <laughs> shit. I didn't watch a lot of the uh, Saturday race, unfortunately, but uh, the cup race, I thought, again, it was exactly what you expect from Homestead. It's always a good show. Oh, uh, I just realized there was a truck race, too, which is yeah, fine, was, but it wasn't, like, right. amazing. It wasn't nearly as good as the cars. Right. Dirt late model star uh, and, and, like, C-Main winner or qualifier or something, uh, Carson Hosevar, uh locking himself into the playoffs or the Final Four or whatever you want to call it. Yeah, which I can't say was a surprise. Uh, I mean, that was all I think it'd be a good way for. I think. Yeah, I, I, I feel like there's a good chance he goes out with the championship this year. I mean, I'd be shocked. I think, I think the way his season has turned around and just completely fixed itself, and now he's this rising cup star. Like, you know, I don't, I don't know who else has it um, that that can bring it to him for yeah. for phoenix you know yeah time and jesky sucks ass now that they've fucking busted him <laughs> mm -hmm. they made well, nascar made that car four anyway yeah that's true 
Tosavar, Corey Heim, Ben Rhodes, and Granted. Oh, that's Grant right. It's Finger. it's been decided. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I forgot. And, and Grant Enfinger, my favorite uh, <laughs> speaker in all of Truck Series. Yeah, he just, you forget he's there, but he always ends up in Phoenix, so. I don't know. Good for him. I, I don't see him going anywhere else. <laughs> but Phoenix. <laughs> yeah, I didn't get to watch much Saturday either because I had to go to a first birthday party. So. Oh. Yeah, but I saw that Junior got a top five after he took out Josh Berry. So. <laughs> I guess we see where it all comes from, all the aggression over there. Mm-hmm. They learn from the best. <laughs> but yeah, I thought the uh, I thought the cup race was good. Um, again, I don't really have a whole lot of notes on it. A lot yeah. of stuff happened. I mean, a lot of uh, a lot of uh, you know. Chase contenders got taken out. Uh, you know, Denny. Denny is is in choke mode right now. I don't know if he's going to pull it out uh, for Martinsville. We'll see what happens. But not. I think I think he's in full choke mode now. Uh, he was very uh, reserved on the podcast this week, and it's funny because Blaney called him out. I think he called him a hack or whatever, and, and Blaney was kind of just like, "Well, that's what you do when you're when you're racing for position. Like, why would I concede the position for him?" And it's just like, uh, yeah. I don't know, man. Like, I think you kind of did it to yourself there, but. Uh, uh, it is what yeah. it is. Yeah. And good thing Kyle Larson had a win already because he, uh, he overcooked <laughs> oh, the shit God. out of that. So. <laughs> Straight to the fucking sand trap with that thing. Jesus. Yeah, it, made, it made my life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, not much else to latch on to in that one for you, I don't think. Well, I guess Blaney was running pretty good, but. Yeah, he had a good day. Yeah, Christopher Bell locking himself in. Uh, I think I said this to you guys. It's I always love seeing Kyle Larson and Christopher Bell go at it since they've chased each other for USAC titles back in the day. Now they're at the very top level of stock car racing doing the same thing. And uh, I know they respect the shit out of each other. So I uh, always love to see that. And I believe yeah. he was one of my original picks from the beginning of the year. So I'm going to pat myself on the back for uh, for that one. I will say with all the uh, education on open wheel racing and, and sprints and stuff that I've gotten this year, uh, the Bell Larson thing definitely, it, it piques my interest a little bit more, I would say, than it, than it would have a year ago for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I just said again, I wish that uh, Bell was able to go out there and run a midget or a 410 once in a while, uh, but uh, yeah. that's never going to happen again. So, well, well I mean, who is anyway? Who knows? I mean, the coach, coach is pretty old. He ain't gonna, he ain't gonna, he ain't gonna outlive Bell's career. I, I don't think. Not to see, be too Watch ominous. Him. Watch him. But <laughs> Watch it happen. I guess we'll see. <laughs> guess we'll see. Yeah. Well, uh, who was it that got the, their back broken in the sprint car? Was a crew member? Bowman. No, no, it was a, a Gibbs guy. Um, not a driver. Know. Somebody on the um, on the team. I forget his name, and I, I will remember this as soon as I. Um, press the stop button here oh. um he got seriously injured at the dirt track in texas and after that that was sort of when christopher bell stopped racing dirt because he was doing some stuff for swindell speed labs and all that and he would pop up here and there and then after um uh god damn it i cannot believe i'm forgetting his name uh but a prominent guy on the gibbs crew got hurt and after that um uh, Papa Joe said go fuck yourself and or however he would say that because i don't think he cusses <laughs> But yeah, no more dirt racing over there, which is a shame. But I'm sure he prayed about it, and the Lord said, nah. <laughs> "Amen." <laughs> what did Ryan Blaney say right after? Uh, 
I, I, he, I, I honestly, like, I barely even paid attention to the quote, but he... Fuck you, bitch. Is that what he said? Oh, <laughs> fuck you, laughed. fuck you, dickhead. Yeah, he said, fuck you, dickhead, after he chuckled. <laughs> I knew it was something I also <laughs> probably said at the same moment, so I was happy to know that we're in, yeah. uh, on the same wavelength there. I feel like yeah, I mean... Didn't like Hamlin before that. No. I mean, Pelini's a very likable driver, and that's even if I feel like even unless you're a, a Blaney or a Blaney, unless you're a, a Denny fan, like I think that's a very endearing statement to about eighty percent of the NASCAR fandom. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely got an oh hell yeah out of me. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. Um, what, what do you guys think uh, for for Martinsville as far as who's going to lock it up? Because, again, obviously, Larson and Bell, there's no chance they're getting knocked out unless uh, they find out that Henrik, you know, the car is like, you know, four inches too short or something like that. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Byron's plus 30 right now, and he's good at Martinsville. So, yeah, I think, you know, to me, it really comes down job, to be fine. It comes down to Blaney, Truex, and, and Hamlin. Really, uh, I don't, I don't really give Reddick that much of a chance. I don't know why. I just have a, a gut feeling that he might not really. He see, he could be the sneak out of all this. I would say if somehow, because because Truex, he's on a real fucking cold streak. I even as good as his record is at Martinsville, I I'd be shocked if he came out of this in the top four i'd be shocked uh and denny's good there too but again i think he's starting to be in choke mode and reddick's been good and consistent this whole time so yeah. but he's also not the best at short track so i guess it, it, we'll just kind of have to wait and see what happens yeah, Mark- I, I think blaney has probably the best chance i would think yeah i think i agree with that now i still think Mark- martin could pull it out but he's certainly been wearing his his uh biggest and brightest eric almarola costume for like the past six weeks and uh <laughs> you know just mr top or not even top 20, just trash, straight trash. Yeah. And uh, I hate to say it, I imagine it probably has uh, something to do with uh, stuff in his personal life, but also that team tends to melt down on their own anyway, so not a good situation across the board there. Well, yeah, I mean, you you listen to all the radio communications that get put out there, and that's just the shit we hear. I imagine the stuff that they won't play on TV, yeah. you know? <laughs> yeah. If, if you know Australians like James Swall, I'm sure the, the old C word flies out on the radio, so true love, I'm going to need you to... <laughs> Tune into Truex's uh, radio when you're at Martinsville and tell me uh, tell me what the language is like. <laughs> See what I can do. Thank I mean, you. Yeah, those two just bicker nonstop. Yeah. So and not maybe, in like the fun Hendrick way. Will come out of retirement. Maybe so. No, nah, he's too busy running a ski resort. He gives no fucks. Yeah, I was gonna say if he's smart, I would stay right the fuck away. He got his title, got his money. Get out. Yeah. Let it go. <laughs> But true, yeah, Ashley. So, what's who's who's your pick for the let's let's say the fourth spot? Because yeah, Byron's got to have it. So yeah, I mean, I'm just praying to whoever Joe Gibbs prays to that uh, it's either Blaney or Reddick. Just give me one one person to pull for at Phoenix. So I don't know. Like you said, I think Hamlin's in choke mode. Truex, I, I don't know. James Small's like putting sugar in his gas tank or something. And <laughs> yeah. I think it'll be either Blaney or Reddick. Yeah. Poor Chris Busher. 
Well, this is hard. He has to win. He has to win. And then as much as I like him, I don't I don't see that happening. Although he did. He did. He had a wonderful social media moment where uh, he he tweeted before the race on Sunday. It's like, we're going to have a great day today or something something to that effect. And then after the race, when I don't know where he finished, 20 something, 30th, where the fuck he finished. He went and quote. He deleted the tweet. But before he did, he quote tweeted it. So it showed him deleting the tweet. and, And it was just very, very funny. Very funny and uh, very self-deprecating. So I enjoyed that. Hard not to like Chris Buescher, but I don't know. You never, you never know. No yes. one's looking at him. He has one job on Sunday. That's to win. There's no points bullshit. It's I know. Just, winning, just, so. just we we won't see Hail Mel on our wall ride this year. That's the only thing. So no. don't expect that to happen. No. I gotta go with uh, Ryan Blaney. I guess um, I wanted to going into the show as full fully planning on saying Martin Truex Jr. surprising everybody. But uh, I've been saying that for weeks, and it hasn't happened. So, you know, (laughs) you got to admit defeat (laughs) eventually. Though I will say this. um, This is a little off topic, but uh, Sonoma Raceway out in California, uh, one of the uh, two road courses I actually like, uh, they sent me a little postcard today encouraging me to come camp out there. It's a little like brochure. And they they included a a sticker of Martin Truex Jr. holding up uh, the trophy that he won there. Uh, I was wondering why you sent that screw. I was like, what the fuck is that yeah, all about? Un- unsolicited. Just uh, they sent it to me. I'm not going to California <laughs> if I can help it. And uh, I'm certainly not going to Sonoma, but this little sticker is nice. And, you know, maybe this is, uh, you know, whoever Joe gives praise to's way of uh, letting me know that I should, uh, should keep the faith. You know? But I'm still going to say Ryan Blaney because, Jesus, come on. Like, <laughs> statistics don't fucking lie. So, <laughs> yeah. And he is good at Martinsville, too. So, yeah, what a what a great time to turn it around for the 12. I will say I would have not, if you told me this, you know, eight, nine weeks ago, whatever, I would have never guessed that Blaney would be potentially looking at the Final Four again. Like, just didn't see it. I thought maybe, maybe round to eight if he was lucky. But I'm glad to see him do so well. Like, I want to see him up there. So, yeah. So, is there any so before we get into my one little story about the uh, the jacket? Is there any news that we want to talk about? Does, nothing really came out that was like exciting or interesting. Mm-hmm. I guess Jesse Love got announced for the two car. Yeah, that's not um, exciting. Chandler <laughs> Smith got confirmed for uh, to the Jesus Gibbs. Yeah. Who cares? Um, that's gonna be a good a good deal. I think be a good fit yeah. for him. Him and Sheldon. Yeah. Well, Maybe I'll finally uh, cash in on all these fucking Sheldon bets I've been making all year when he gets. If he, if he doesn't win at least like three races next year, I'm gonna be fucking pissed. So we'll see. Um, what else? Anything else interesting happen? Well, I guess the big. Well, it's not. It's it's funny to say this is breaking news because everyone's talked about it for months. But the deal between Kyle Larson and Brad Sweet and Tony Stewart yes. is official. The All Star Circuit of Champions is being purchased by the High Limit Series, of course, owned by Brad Sweet, Kyle Larson. Mm-hmm. And uh, the internet is melting down. Uh, I, On paper, there's no reason to really think there's going to be a huge civil war uh, between World of Outlaws and them, but uh, of course there will be. Uh, <laughs> but we don't know yet. Like, it just got announced, uh, and we're, we're not going to really see any big movement until this... Uh, until the world of outlaws season is over i think there's still points on the line and you don't want to piss off the uh the guys at the pay window before you collect your checks so it's just to me it seems like there's like again from a complete novice standpoint who's really only been learning about 
you know the sport for the last year or so it's like but there seems there seems like something brewing between the two because like just the fact that high limit exists at all it was a statement on the world outlaws and their low payouts and all that stuff and yeah you know it, it to me it's it does seem like there's some sort of battle coming down the well, pipeline the, and the, out, the, outlaws already restrict their drivers and whatnot that's true yeah i mean there will definitely be some shit no no question about it and there's a lot of uh question about what's going to happen with like ohio uh, sprint week Mm-hmm. Um, some other PA events. Yeah, we don't know yet. Uh, but it does, from what I've heard, it does kind of seem like High Limit will remain its own thing. And the All-Stars will continue to be its own tour. So High Limit will be a limited high payout series that races on Tuesday nights. So mm-hmm. they can try and draw whoever the hell can come out. And then the uh, the All-Star Circuit of Champions will remain a, a national tour, um, presumably taking some cues from the way High Limit does business. And uh, also having a built-in streaming deal with Flow, um, yeah, I, I you can't imagine anyone at World Racing Group is too fucking stoked about this right now. <laughs> but again, well, there's nothing to talk about yet other than the deal's done, and then uh, Brad Sweet's trying to get everybody on Earth to come over to his side. So, uh, gonna be interesting. Yeah. Um, why don't we roll into the short track stuff? now uh since we're talking about you know the the outlaws and their, the high limit deal uh there were two big races that went down this weekend first was world outlaws the final race at devil bulls devil's bull speedway in texas um well they stretched that fucker out as long as they yeah. possibly could <laughs> I, I i admit i had this race on and i was watching it and i know i missed the finish because I, I fell asleep it, it was just taking too long like it was i had it on all night and uh yeah. i was it was well after midnight that the race started and uh yeah I, I i couldn't make it through all of it but i guess they had a hell of a finish didn't they oh yeah and i actually i watched it the following day as well i woke up on my couch at about 1 a.m mm-hmm. and they were still red flagged and i said you know what i you can watch dirt vision later so i turned the yeah. tv off and went to sleep incredible finish uh between uh j mac and uh and uh, david gravel coming right down the line it was james mcfadden's race pretty much for most of the race and then uh yeah gravel just snuck up right at the last uh corner and got him at the line um and this is also where my dart for the week comes from uh there was of course a lengthy red flag period that got uh, turned into an open red for some reason which means you can work on your car freely just happened to happen after brad sweet got some damage so he was able to uh fix his car with this extra time a lot of people pissed yeah, off about that real real quick before you go any further with the darf thing like that is a wild departure from any other form of motorsports like you know destroying your car lap three and then just going to be able to completely put it back together and just right back at where you were like yeah, that is a wild rule to me well i mean hell over at Eldora, the officials will actually tug the sheet metal out for you if it's you got a rub so <laughs> like it's a little kinder of out there you know it's a yeah. little more uh and again the races are shorter and you know the caution laps don't count so it makes sense there is typically a time limit when uh the race isn't red flagged and unless it's an open red you can't work on your car but for whatever reason probably to give brad a chance a little bit um but still, people are trying to say that it's this big conspiracy so Brad can win another title. But Brad Sweet's also the guy who's trying to take World of Outlaws lunch right now. So, uh, and that's actually where my dart for the week comes from. We're going to go ahead and just sneak that one in here since we're talking about it. This guy on Twitter, and he's a YouTube guy as well, so I'm kind of back to making fun of the uh, peripheral media, if you will. This guy, the Chaz, says, and this will tie into our next segment because we're going to talk about Eldora a little bit with our buddy Kyle. 
um, Armstrong. That's right, we have a guest coming on in just a moment, but um, we'll do the Darth of the Week first. This guy says, the nightmare for this Lucas Dirt chase has happened. Too bad RTJ didn't start a rival series this year. He would have gotten 20 minutes to save his season like Brad Sweet Racing. Hashtag Vince McMahon. Which is just about the dumbest fucking take I think you could possibly have on that situation. Uh, again, I don't think anybody at the World Racing Group is very thrilled with Brad Sweet. And if anything, they're going to want to make him uh, lose his title to David Gravel. Because Gravel's going to stay an outlaw, probably. So that's just a stupid opinion. That guy's got a lot of them I found. And uh, he's my Darf of the Week. And uh, I, uh, his sentence for being Darf of the Week is to listen to this podcast tonight. <laughs> Just to hear it from me. <laughs> of course, uh, the first part of that tweet, he's referencing the uh, Dirt Track World Championship at Eldora, which was a shit show in its own right. Uh, yeah, that was a race. I mean, not only did it get dragged out, it got dragged out an entire extra day uh, for really weird reasons. Like, the track itself was not drivable, which is not something you see that often. You know, weather is one thing. This was not weather. This was the track was just fucked. Yeah, well, I mean, they, they, they canceled all three days of the show. It was supposed to start on Thursday with the uh, steel blocks and all that, and that got rained out and moved to Friday. Same thing on Friday. Saturday, they actually got cars on track, uh, but the track conditions were so piss poor that uh, they had to they stopped the race after, and I, for, I forget the guy's name, but there was a steel block that uh, just caught a rut and flipped about seven or eight times, bent the fucking frame in half. It was, it was a gross wreck. And uh, Eldora shut that down and moved the whole show to Sunday. And uh, with that, I think it's probably time we bring on our special guest tonight, since uh, the rest of the show is pretty much going to be uh, devoted to dirt late models. I know I know Brian's got a little thing he wants to talk about too, but um, let's get Kyle Armstrong on the show here. For those of you who don't know who Kyle Armstrong is, he is the host of the Forward Bite podcast, formerly on the Speed Sport Network. Uh, I think they shut down their podcast network. I bitched about this earlier on the show a few weeks ago, but uh, the show is still up and it's still required listening, uh, particularly the Freddie Smith episode, uh, since, of course, Freddie Smith passed uh, recently. Definitely a nice little way to get acclimated to his history and um, sort of uh, dip your toe into Kyle's podcast world. Um, just knows everybody in the dirt late model world and just a great guy uh anytime i go down to charlotte we end up spending a lot of time together and hanging out so we're gonna bring him on here in just a second while we're, we're waiting to hear from our guests we'll talk a little bit about uh a jacket story so uh, to to catch you up to speed um my buddy mike who was on the show uh you know he does uh he on his first seven inch club patreon he does a thing where he and his uh buddy scott they review battle jackets now if you don't know what a battle jacket is uh it's essentially like a denim vest or a denim jacket that's covered in patches and buttons and pins and shit of different bands it started out as like a heavy metal thing punks kind of took it over and now there are battle jackets for all types of fucking sports and i found this really cool the really cool old alan kawiki jacket uh denim jacket that uh i wanted to turn into a, de a battle jacket because i have hundreds of nascar patches and pins and all this other shit get the jacket doesn't fit i throw it up on my store that same day on the athletic jordan bianchi published this uh personality piece i guess you want to call it about this sweet old woman in her late 60s who 
her her goal before she reaches 75 is to go to every single NASCAR Cup track, and she's she's at almost all of them i think she's got like she said four or five left and in this article she describes this jacket she's wearing and it's more or less a nascar battle jacket it's a nascar jacket she's covered in patches and pins and shit and she wears it to all the races she's got a photo of herself wearing the jacket with blaney and bubba and some other driver i forget who but chase chase so the very end of this article she talks about what she plans to do with this jacket and those plans are to be buried in it and i just thought it was the most dark macabre way to end a a story about a nascar fan that i've read in a very long time and i also thought it was a very weird story to even run because nascar's in this it's at this point where you know and i'm gonna say we here because i am a nascar fan and we're all nascar fans but uh we as part of the nascar community we want to get more younger people involved and it's the older fans that are like dying off and to kind of still like focus on that when maybe you should be putting some more effort into reaching out and talking to younger fans who are like planning on living 20 30 40 more years and going to all these races (laughs) instead of some poor again sweet old lady don't get me wrong but like to just hear like i'm gonna be buried in this jacket is just like man that is really not the look nascar needs right now is to be talking about dying fans so just a weird coincidence thing that happened last friday and i just i had to talk about it because it is such a weird weird article uh i've had that same conversation with my family that if i die before you and you try to bury me in some fancy ass dress, I will come back and haunt you. You better put me in the ground in my boots and my hat and a NASCAR shirt and Yeah, well, but you're you're still young. You're not planning on dying. This woman this woman's ready to fucking go. She's she's like, Yeah, I got a few years left. Like, I'm gonna get to those tracks and then I'm gonna be buried in this fucking thing. Just oh, I love her. It's like looking into my future. <laughs> I figured as much. Like, out of anyone, out of all three of us, I would say you are certainly the most like that that woman. Although I, I, I'm willing to bet I'd be buried in some sort of NASCAR apparel uh, when it's time for me to go. But uh, plus, she had a picture with my three favorite drivers. So yeah, that's that's fair. The correlations were a little eerie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> And then, then in the complete opposite, not even opposite end of the spectrum, just a completely different spectrum altogether, uh, you have Kenny Wallace out there uh, talking about or tweeting about doing cocaine with Kenny, uh, which so apparently from what I gather, and I haven't listened to his podcast yet, but uh, Kenny did an interview with uh, our buddy Chase on his podcast, the Garage Guys podcast, and uh, I'm pretty sure that cocaine was brought up on that show, and maybe that's where the, the tweet came from, but... Uh, I think Cocaine with Kenny would be my favorite racing podcast of all time. Uh, whatever video, whatever you want to, whatever, whatever doing Cocaine with Kenny, whatever that results in, like, I want to see it and be part of it. I feel like it results in sitting around a table at Ruby Tuesday at three in the morning. Just Jughead. Yeah, with Imagine Jughead, Jughead just, all coked up. Just, just gnawing your fucking teeth down to the, to the gums, you know, I think. <laughs> Uh, Not speaking from experience or anything, but that's what I would imagine hanging out with Kenny Wallace on Blow would be like. Or you'd just be exhausted because I don't think he calms down. So <laughs> Yeah, really. Just I mean, he's amped up to begin with. Just imagine him on a couple rails. Jesus fucking Christ. Yeah. Um, no, thank you. 
That'd be fun, though. Yeah, I agree. I agree. It'd be an experience. You only only live once, and you know sometimes some people live longer than others. So, (laughs) cocaine is not my type of party. But if if there is a table with some lines and me and Kenny Wallace, yeah, (laughs) let's let's go. Let's let's see what when in Missouri, you know. Yeah. Uh, So we had some technical difficulties, but we're we're back, folks, and I'm happy to welcome. Uh, my good buddy Kyle Armstrong, as I mentioned previously, is the host of the Forward Bite podcast. Uh, I, hopefully, that's coming back pretty soon. I don't know what his plans are for just that, or for that is just now, or whatever. But at some point, he's going to be doing that again. I hope, and I'm going to bug his ass until he does it. And uh, just a general wealth of knowledge about dirt late model racing and racing in general and he's on the program with us right now friend of the program kyle armstrong how you doing buddy man i'm doing good i'm glad to be on here having a little bit of technical difficulties so i don't know when we're going to bring that thing back but we're going to as soon as we get these bugs worked out but glad to finally be on here tonight with the uh you know, joining the table here at Applebee's. I know y'all probably done had your appetizers and yeah. probably done had your uh, a couple of reorders of yeah. your all-you-can-eat chicken wings and all that yeah, kind of yeah. stuff. So we're glad well, to be here. Well, we do split checks around here, just so you know. So don't. Well, you hey, go goddamn. It's all on me all. tonight. I was I was running late. So hey, you was at the Thirsty Beaver, huh? Yeah, I was, man. I had Rob Lines over there tonight and checked that out for Is a little bit. It was a killer man? show. Rob lines, 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 something like that. So nobody knows. <laughs> <laughs> Me and Rob were trying to figure that out earlier. <laughs> well, hell, Kyle, uh, thanks for coming on. Uh, I know we're, we're going to watch a video uh, of the week here in just a second here that uh, I know is very near and dear to you. But uh, we were starting to talk about some dirt track shit uh, before that, and particularly the uh, the World Championships at Eldora. And uh, I know we, we could probably sh- – shoot the shit about that for a second i was about to complain about uh the format and rtj getting robbed and all that but that's <laughs> that's probably old news on the internet i know you watched the entire damn thing just like i did and i was just looking to get your opinion on on that i don't even know where to start with that but i'll hand the floor over to you bud i sort of was going to ask you where do we start i uh i mean it was like yeah ricky thornton jr deserved like definitely i hate to use the word deserve but he deserved to win that championship for sure but the rules were the you know to have that playoff deal or whatever it is to come into the final race there at eldora for you know they were all going to be equal points now i mean i hate that and and the problem with the whole weekend was the track conditions and the weather and everything right and you really can't control that and and that's that's one thing I'm seeing. And but I mean, when can you, if they would have postponed it, like when can they? When when else could they have had it? Because I mean, you look at the schedule for dirt late models and uh, like East Alabama next week, and then the Charlotte World Finals the week after that, and Sonoya, Georgia the week mm-hmm. after that, and those are all big paying races. So yeah. I mean, you couldn't avoid it till Monday or Tuesday or whatever to have it because no. the people were there. And yeah, it's not like the conditions uh, are going to get any better in Ohio in the next couple months either. So. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And I mean, you couldn't just wait till freaking April of next year to decide who the, <laughs> 2023, the, the 2023 <laughs> champion was going to be. So like they had to do it then. So uh, I, I hate that it was that it was so tough. And I saw a Snapchat this morning from uh, Gavin Landers there. And uh, I saw kind of what ended the night for um, for Davenport. You know, of course, 
uh, Lance Landers owns the team. Gavin is his son. He sent yep. me a snap this morning of a great big mud clod, as big as this, about as big as this computer monitor I'm sitting in front of right now. They went through the radiator, and that ended Jonathan Davenport's hopes of winning that championship with like 20 to go. Well, who, so it was, who it was got a sent tough... to the hospital from a dirt clod? There's somebody in the uh, the B main, I think, right, or one of the heats earlier in the day that got a, a dirt clod to the helmet and sent him in the, in, into the fence and they got taken out in the ambulance i forget who it was but yeah that was ross robinson in the seven car out That's of right. uh yeah. out, he's out of uh delaware or somewhere up that way and uh, man i had ross robinson in my dirt draft so that kind of hurt me but i i was pissed about that but man i'm <laughs> not not as mad now like i saw he got a dirt clod to the head and got got his helmet knocked off and uh, or messed up and yeah had to go to the infield care center but which of course if you're going to get hit in the head with something and, and got to go to the infield care center, I think Eldora is no better place to have that happen That's because right. they've got a heck of a nice facility there. So, yeah. And they got the mozzarella sticks right around the corner, too. So <laughs> once you're fixed up in there, you can yeah, that's right. get you half off or some shit. I don't know if that's dude, true or not, but it is right there. So, Dude, we had a great time, Rob, whenever you came up there with us. And I, I'll just invite <laughs> Ashley and Brian. Y'all y'all got to come up there and hang out with us. It was so yeah. much fun that time. Oh, my God. It's definitely great. on my bucket list of yeah. tracks to visit. Yeah the the vibe of that place is just it's it's real there's not many places that feel like that does and, and i i know it's not just the dream you know i'm sure every event that's at least all the major ones feel like that i know you've been to a bunch of them kyle but i've uh yeah i start the first time i went was 2014 to the world 100 and uh, once i got there i was like my god why have i not been coming to this all my life but uh, yeah. of course it's like 10 hours away from home so we just never went there but uh once i went that one time and i'll warn anybody once you go that first time you'll uh put it on your calendar every year because you go up there and everybody's family and friends and you meet so many cool people and it's uh like i, I mean that's a warning like don't don't go unless you think you want to go <laughs> yeah. for the rest of your life yeah. <laughs> it's a lifelong investment like a, like a it is. plan or like a 401k yeah it is yeah well, it after is rob so came fun. back that's definitely seemed to be his opinion too that he'll be maxing out the credit card every year to yeah, Capital One ain't heard. They don't know shit yet. They hadn't seen me yet. It's, well, I'm, I'm only three hours away, so I really have very few excuses. To oh, you have zero. None. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, you you should be there for sure. Yeah, it's it's a great time. We had we had a killer time at the Andy's Two and Pavilion. Shout out to Andy yes. and that bunch and Tandy Marlin and all them. You know, I listened to your podcast where you reviewed it maybe once or twice and uh I know that was a uh, that was cool to listen to your to hear your perspective from it from you being a first timer and and I love somebody coming up there for their first time and letting me kind of be the the uh, I don't know the tour guide or whatever and, yeah. and, and I think we definitely uh, succeeded with uh, with you coming and being oh, I, there. That I week. got I got the damn Kings tour that's for sure. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> almost got flung off a golf cart only twice and uh, lived to tell the tale. So. <laughs> But yeah, yeah the, this, <laughs> go ahead. I'm just, no, no, you go ahead. I'm, I'm, oh, I was going to say, well, the first time I went up there, I got slung off of a golf cart and I've kind of, uh, I was standing on the side of it, like holding on to the roof and these guys were popping wheelies and stuff. And there was about, I don't know, eight or 10 people on a golf cart that seats four. And, uh, man, I, I should have knew better, but, uh, anyway, yeah, I got a little few scars from that one that time, but it's all good. We went back. 
Yeah, the, 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 the most dangerous time for me was on our ways back from the uh, Andy's Towing Pavilion. Whoever that nice gentleman who gave us a ride back to the uh, the camper was, uh, he was hauling ass. And I drank a lot of moonshine, and I did not hold on as tightly as I, I should have. <laughs> you know, whenever we left there that, that thing that night, I'd nudge somebody, and I said, man, I, I said, I, I'd walk, but I'd just rather you just drive us on, on down there. And, uh, and that he we did. Were, <laughs> we, were, we were breaking the law because I think you're supposed to park the golf carts like 30 minutes or an hour after the last checkered flag. So that was well beyond yeah. that. <laughs> well into Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, but it was fun. And the, we managed to get up the next morning and go have breakfast and yard sales and whatnot. So we survived it. Yeah. I don't know how, but yeah. Can't wait to do it again. So. <laughs> yeah. So much fun. So um, I guess we'll, we'll use this jumping off point to talk about the video and the inspiration for Kyle even being on the show. So Kyle, uh, what we're watching this week on the show is the tw- 2006, actually. Last show I said it was 2014. It's from 2006, actually. But it's the uh, CNN special uh, Dirt Track Outlaws, I believe. Is that the name? Dirt, go, Dirt Track Warriors. Dirt Track go, ahead Warriors. And, go ahead and just read that title one more time for the folks whose heads are spinning at that right now. A CNN dirt track. special on dirt track yes. racing. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So how how old were you when this came out? I, well, I don't know. You're putting me on the spot. I don't know. I guess 15, 16 years old. But I was – I will say this, man. I, I remember when that show came out and how big of a deal it was. I've, I'm a dirt late model lifer, you know. And, like, mm-hmm. when that came out, I uh, – I just, I could, it's one of them things I remember where I was when it came out, you know, like my dad <laughs> cooked up some steaks that night and it was a big event <laughs> and uh, I had the VCR going and I had a tape in there ready to record it and I did and I still actually have that VHS copy do, of it that I really have all awesome. the, are all the commercials in it because I, well, I I think I haven't Ooh. watched that tape in a long time, but I almost feel like I got up and like, uh, stopped it and oh, you know for the commercials yeah, one of them, like i even did that one of them fancy vcrs where it detects the commercials remember that shit no i did it no i did it like <laughs> manually i think i'll have to go back and look at it it could have the commercials in it i don't know i, I i'll say though if if the same type of special came out for like you know dirt uh, dirt modifieds i'd be in the same boat you were so i totally get it being being excited for this because yeah. yeah i mean obviously 2006 i mean nascar was already at its peak you know motorsports in america in general were were pretty huge but you know the dirt track stuff i mean they talk about it in this show uh you know it's it's almost kind of an underground thing uh you know it doesn't get the the national coverage that that other motorsports ever did um i'll say i will say though i i feel like my hometown was a little bit of an exception because we actually had i mean we had two well-known dirt tracks within 15 20 minutes of my house and we actually did have one of the local stations covered the the shit regularly like every friday night they'd have a dirt track a weekend preview on on the friday night news i don't know what it was like in, in other people's hometowns but you know hearing that and actually now as an adult watching more short track races and stuff and yet yeah, it, it you do kind of have to almost look for it because yeah. uh you know, especially compared to NASCAR, you're not going to find the coverage out there unless you either know a track is around or somebody tells you about it. Um, yeah, I'll, I'll say especially at that time, like that was, you know, that was 2006. Uh, 
at the time we had 4m.net which is still in existence and uh i remember that's probably probably how i uh, found out that that show was even going to come on tv but uh you know then the next year 2007 dirt on dirt launched and they've sort of been the uh, the leader in the you know covering dirt late model racing and mm -hmm. uh, and i think possibly if it had not been for that cnn special we probably would maybe not have the coverage that we've got today of the sport because it's all evolved from uh from that one you know that one hour special that cnn did i think that's that is crazy to, to hear that stuff after just watching this because i guess i would have never again this is a really cool interesting fun special and and at least knowing what i know about bloomquist going into it like it was very entertaining but I would have never have guessed that this was almost like a launching point or, or got the got the racing in front of so many more people. Yeah. You know? I probably wouldn't have pinpointed that on it now, but looking back in hindsight now looking at it, I think that I think that it probably was because um you know, Michael Riggs being those people at Dirt on, that started Dirt on Dirt, he said he went to the this particular world 100 that it shows on that cnn special and he says look at all there's you know there's twenty thousand people here in attendance and mm -hmm. and uh, they don't have well we had newspapers at that time but usually i remember those newspapers you'd read about it the next week and see who qualified where and see who see how they ran in their heat races but it's old news really but uh yeah i don't know i mean now it's just it's just instant we've got it in front of us live on streaming and all that and uh right. yeah i don't know watch it five nights a week now exactly <laughs> exactly so yeah running back to the premise of the show um you know like i said is more or less three drivers journey to the 2006 world 100 and those drivers being obviously scott bloomquist uh, you've got the kid uh josh richards and then you've got uh, chubb frank now as as someone who only really has learned about late models the last couple of years you know i've seen some chubzilla shirts before uh josh richards was not a name that rung any sort of bells for me uh but then yeah obviously you know we all know bloomquist so yeah. uh every second he was on the screen was was instant like well, couldn't turn my head away from the tv josh josh definitely won him a few titles in the world of outlaws i think he got a lucas one too right kyle I think yeah, you're right. He did. He won. He's he's actually he's got the uh, the record for the work for the most World of Outlaws wins in history. But um, what's interesting about that, and I, I want to make this point real quick before we really review it. Uh, Josh Richards, you know, on this video, was basically just starting his career at that time in 2005 or six, and and he's already done everything he's going to do, and basically has retired. You know, he he ended. Yep driving for clint boyer motorsports a couple of years ago and that ride kind of fell through and uh he basically has just been i think last year at the world finals rob whenever me and you were there we we actually witnessed his last uh race whether we knew it or not at the time no kidding which i think i, I just I, don't, I just can't believe it like i think he'll probably come back at some point but yeah i mean he's, shit, man, he's, last not, race. he's younger than he's me not even, <laughs> he's not even 40 like it's no, it's wild yeah. and and they they talk about it in the show where his dad is like almost pushing him out of dirt and then obviously you know you look now decades later and, and what he accomplished and i guess maybe his dad was right on some level because you know his career's over now but but that's we'll get to that Josh uh, Richards, though he did go, he did run some Xfinity races or Nationwide or whatever at the mm -hmm. time okay. for uh, for RCR, I think it was, and you can 
look him up on racing reference i don't think he really ever had any like really good runs or nothing but he he definitely uh started some races yeah he yeah. started some races i don't remember here i can probably pull it up go ahead with your next thing well really man i want to let you lead, lead this talk because you're the one who is the I, I totally understand why this means something to you. And that's why we're even having you on the show because, you know, uh, I, I want to get what really got you going as a kid watching this and like, and, 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 uh, you know, why it stuck with you so much compared to everything else. Oh, there goes Freddie. Oh, well, it just, it just, uh, like I said, it was just a big deal to get to see, like I say our, like our sport, because I grew up around this stuff, going to our yeah. local tracks, uh, seeing it on the big stage on C, you know, getting to see CNN cover it. Now, like mm -hmm. I said, I'd never went, to, I never did get to go to Eldora until 2014, once I kind of, you know, got a job and made, you know, started getting my own paychecks. And then I, I said, damn it, that's where I'm going to go. And, uh, and I did. And uh, so anyway, I, it, it was just so cool to see, to see it get put on the map like that, I guess you could say. And, uh, it was cool. And obviously I, you know, we, I went not saying I didn't go to any big races. We saw, we had plenty, we had our fair share of big races in our own backyard around this part of the country in the Southeast where I was at. So I saw all these guys uh, a lot anyway, but it was, uh, it was cool to get to see that on television. Mm-hmm. You just don't get to see uh, outsider media. Well, it's funny to call CNN outsider media, but you know what I mean? Like, usually any sort of like – the, like the Dirt series that just came out on FS1, that was produced by Flow Racing, and it had a, a big tie-in with the NASCAR coverage and Fox's motorsports coverage. You don't really see it the other way around where like CNN or another news organization or someone comes in from the outside and actually does a – just a – kind of opens the uh the hood and shows everybody what's going on because there's there's no agenda to this it just kind of is it's a documentary yeah it's 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 just the fact this happened at all is is crazy to me like i, I i'd have to look at the the premise of this series i guess yeah. to to find more info but again there's really not you know this isn't like an expose this isn't like uh there's no angle then this is, yeah, this is happening you know it's just like you know this is what you guys are missing if you're not watching dirt racing this is you know three stars all at different points in their careers and they're going to the biggest race of the year and this is what happens and yeah i mean you get obviously you get a nice little backstory on scott bloomquist to, to start out the show yeah and you know you get a bit of his background always bringing uh, up the fucking biplanes anytime the cameras come around <laughs> the farm. always yeah i guess if i had uh, some biplanes i built with my dad i'd roll them out there too uh, that cracked me up there was like a recent flow uh special with him where they went out to the farm and he was talking about the planes and all that and this is literally the exact same thing like 25 years before <laughs> mm -hmm. uh there's some good footage of yeah, ashley loved it good footage of what the dogs on a fucking quad or something what that what, what was it yeah it was scott driving a four-wheeler with a tiny dog in his lap and yeah. some old man riding on the back yeah he's got that yeah <laughs> <laughs> and then later the tiny dog was like carrying around a mountain dew bottle that's great. what i was about to say yeah that was my favorite part of the whole thing was the dog carrying a mountain dew bottle but... um <laughs> It's it's funny that you know uh, Scott's parents like look to be almost the same age in this video. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like I know Scott's lived a little bit of a hard harder life than than some of us, but uh, 
yeah, I mean, uh, I got a kick out of that. And then let's talk about this real quick. So <laughs> Scott talks about the origin of the, uh, the skull face thing and, and where skulls and whatnot come from. And the quote from him is uh, yeah. it's, it's a symbol of strength. You know, you see a skull on something, you pretty much know not to fuck with it, right? Like, that is the quote for him. And, and <laughs> like, a, that is, like, just a top 10 amazing all-time quote from anybody I've ever heard. And then B, like, I wonder if, if BJ, you know, BJ McLeod, for those who somehow don't remember this, that we love BJ, but if this is what BJ modeled his life after, <laughs> like this quote. I don't know. That's a good question. He loves fucking skulls, man. He <laughs> loves skulls. Like maybe more than Scott. So I don't know. I mean, I if 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 and when I ever get to to see him again, I'm definitely going to ask him about that. Yeah. <laughs> well, Scott definitely has BJ beat with all the Eastern mysticism kind of you know, mixed oh, inertia sure. with well, the yeah. I mean, and all that, you know. Okay, well, you know, there's a lot to Scott's story that no other racer uh, can really bring up. Uh, it just, you know, living the fact that he grew up in Southern California and his family moved him to Tennessee to race. Like, who the fuck does that, you know? Like, uh, and just this weird alien transplant guy and, you know, how many racers have cocaine charges on their records and all this other shit. You know, he's just... <laughs> He's 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 an enigma, and I love him. But then you just uh, the hard turn into uh, into Chubb Frank. Yes, it's it's almost almost night and day as far as um, you know. You get Chubb Chubb and his family like they are just the most stereotypical. And I don't know where they're from, but they seem Midwestern as Bear far Lake, as Bear Lake, Pennsylvania. Yeah. Okay, so so almost Midwest. Uh, you know that part of Pennsylvania might as well be the Midwest. Let's be honest. Yeah. Um, but yeah, uh, <laughs> but Chubb then later on in the show uh, is seen uh, autographing and selling thongs with his name on it, which again, I'm getting ahead of myself a little bit here, but uh, just the racing world is so weird. The personalities and, and all the shit that happens. And yeah, you get Scott Bloomquist racing against this dad called Chubb who uh, totally different upbringing. He you know grew up in racing, uh, whereas Scott didn't. You've got the kid, uh, Josh Richards, who, again, we talked about who, you know, as a teenager was in Eldora and his dad was a chassis builder and, and got him into racing. And uh, he also, oh, good. No, I was just saying the rocket, uh, rocket chassis. I love his nickname. So. Oh, kid, kid rocket. <laughs> yeah, it's good. <laughs> it's, 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 it's about as of its time as his haircut. A hundred percent. Yeah. It's very 2005. <laughs> Should be noted that the uh, the Rocket One chassis uh, or the Rocket One team uh, just won the championship. We, we I was bitching about uh, RTJ not winning, but it didn't shout out Hudson O'Neill. So congrats there, bud. Gotta yeah, raise my beard to sure. that one. Um, and and Ian, that's that's really a three subjects, and there's little bio pieces on all of them. Um, but really, I think the 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 most fun part of this is when they actually get to Eldora. Again, there's there's party footage. Yes, there's definitely a guy in a show us your tits hat that the the hat is just straight <laughs> up on. They don't censor it at all. Yeah. Uh, that was really good. Uh, there's some redneck kid shitting on NASCAR. Bloomquist shits on NASCAR too. Uh, yeah. Which again, I mean, you know, I was trying to explain this to somebody the other day. I mean, yeah, I can totally understand 
people who only know auto racing as NASCAR, them perceiving it as being boring. Because, I mean, hell, as much as I love the racing, a lot of them are boring. But uh, go to your local dirt track, and you are not going to have that same yeah, experience. You, you will I not be boring. You that. It doesn't, doesn't have to be Eldora. It can be any local dirt track. <laughs> Particularly um, Eldora. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I, I mean. Yeah, the, the, not, the amount of party footage that they included. Yeah. <laughs> so much great party, dude! They need to come back and do this again, and and, and take the cameras over to Andy's and some of these places that we saw while we were. Kyle, there. it looked the damn same. Like as I was watching yeah. this whole segment, like where they're kind of revealing Eldora, showing the party scene, like from you know down below the grandstands and watching the dirt kind of sail through the uh, the the light from the uh, the track lights. Is like it, it it hasn't really changed at all. Exactly. Little things, but like it feels just like this video is portraying, and that was one thing that really stuck out to me when I was watching. It's like, holy shit! Like, <laughs> I can't wait to yeah. go back. I've seen all this. Like, does the guy that they showed who had like a clown or a jester tattooed on the back of his head? Does he still go? <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't see him <laughs> i didn't recognize anybody from that party and scene you know i think we i think we are the generation that has to carry that on into the next yeah. generation yeah. they probably all park across the street at uh well, whatever the other they're probably over there at speedy's camping over there. <laughs> speedy's is the big mud hole that's where they say the big parties go on over there i've never uh well, I've been over there, but man, it's just it's just too wild, a little too wild for me. Um, so, along with all the partying footage, you know, we get some other, uh, you know, uh, more storytelling type stuff. You know, you see the garages of the teams, uh, but you also, for some reason, they get into the love lives of both Chubb and Scott Bloomquist. Yeah. What? There's Why the hell not? <laughs> Yeah. Um, I mean, so Chubb's wife tells a story about how, like, they met at a skating rink or something, and she wasn't impressed by him at all. And then I, I um, let me get the exact quote because I, I wrote it down. Uh, she goes, uh, He gave her a big, fat, juicy kiss on the dance floor, and that got her attention. And then she was all in on him. She was all in. And then and she said yeah. they dated for like 17 years before she finally got him to marry him. Are you, you know, you're think, are you thinking no, of Bloomquist? No, no, no. Was Chubb? Chubb and his wife, yeah. too, yeah. Okay, because yeah. Bloomquist, his wife, like, they talk about his wife, how they met and dated when they were both young. At a tanning like, salon. Yeah, at a tanning yeah. salon. Which, again, <laughs> she's I, like, let's she's be like, honest. I worked at a tanning salon, and Scott came in one day, and we, we just <laughs> fell in love. As as, she's like, as soon as I saw this man. Which, yeah, I mean, look, if you see pictures of Scott in the 90s, it is not at all a shock to hear he went oh, to no. a tanning, tanning salon, no. not even a tiny bit. But no, like he went off and he, he, he uh, you know, was dating strippers and, and got his cocaine charge and all this stuff. And then years later, they got back together and, and they actually, in this video, they were about to have a kid, which was, which was very nice. Um, but uh, yeah, just, just grown adult now. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's Crazy. true. But um, yeah, just, I don't know. I, I really enjoyed that bit of exposition about their, their personal lives. Didn't necessarily need it, but I really enjoyed it. <laughs> yeah, I'm glad it was there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then, yeah, then not long after that is the aforementioned thong deal. Again, they talk about merch. I mean, merch is a huge part of, of short track racing, even more so. I wouldn't, sh shouldn't say more so. 
it's different now than NASCAR because most NASCAR races, when you go to, like, there aren't as many individual trailers as they were in, in like, the 90s and 2000s. Now it's all more or less teams, like, you know, Hendrick and RCR and all that yeah, It's shit. all run through fanatics anyway, so... Yeah, but when you go to a when you go to a, a short track race like an Outlaws race or late models or whatever, all the teams all have their own little trailers. And you know, Bloomquist talks about he does two hundred grand a year in merch, and this was you know two thousand six. And then yeah, we see Chubb Frank selling thongs, and then his wife is like. You know, well, he doesn't sign them when they're wearing them, and then this, <laughs> then this girl, this girl, if he did, yeah, this, this girl can't be 21 years old, and she just like sheepishly goes up to him and is like, "I want to buy a thong," and 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 asks him to sign it, and it's just the most awkward, awkward piece of footage in the entire fucking thing. By the way, there, I want to give a uh, shout out. That was Ron Slavic right there. That was running the merchandise for Chubb Frank at the time. We lost him a couple of years ago to uh, to to COVID, i think in 2021 so hmm. rest in peace ron slavic but yeah he was uh he did he had a lot of creative ideas like that like that thong merchandise and stuff for chubb <laughs> frank and other drivers and, uh he was a, he was a legend in the uh, in the souvenir industry for sure yeah the 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 short track you know racing shirt souvenir business is is really interesting to me knowing what i know about how the nascar business works um and and just seeing what those guys can do and, and how important it is to their business because yeah i mean these guys don't make a ton of money from purses and whatnot i mean some races you do okay but uh you know the profit margin on merch is is a lot better than what you spend to uh, you know to get on the track so oh, yeah. uh, it's almost a necessity at this point um but then from there uh you know after all these different stories are told and all that we get to the actual race itself um and they go to another race in wisconsin a couple days before to kind of warm up but that's you know nothing really interesting happens there you get to the world 100 though and scott you know we get all three drivers are getting ready for the main event and scott in practice he pulls out his car and it's this custom painted all silver car just built so for, fresh for the race <laughs> and so sick. the steering goes out in practice which is bad but he probably could have recovered but until somebody else comes and just hits the ass end of his car and just the whole fucking car is just a pretzel and what i found crazy was that this is one of the biggest dirt races of the year and i see modifieds at, Le at Le lebanon valley with with two cars in the trailer and how are these guys like bloomquist one of the biggest guys in the sport only had one car with him like that was insane he was done for the weekend yeah. like he's got this special car and it's it it's over after earlier in the, in the in the documentary talking about bringing two cars to the racetrack he mentions that specifically <laughs> mm -hmm. <laughs> I think, and I could be wrong, but I think they probably had a backup car, but I think the rule was at that time where you couldn't, after after hot laps, you, you know, if you wreck or whatever, you can't bring out a backup car. Well, wasn't this uh, hot laps though? Like it that was, was, it was hot laps, yeah. It, it wasn't even, it wasn't even qualifying or it was literally like the night before. Everything. I could be wrong, Brian, but I think, I think maybe after that right there happened to Scott that year, I think they might've changed that rule. Because you don't want to see Scott sitting in the grandstands drinking two hundred dollars worth of Bob Miller's beer. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry, I'm getting ahead of ourselves. Well, I mean, shit, we, he didn't make the race, so yeah, he. Uh, that's, that's what I'm that's saying. How he, I mean, that's I, how I, he spent his night. I don't mind seeing it. I'd rather see him on the track, but you know, that's <laughs> a bonus. Um. So yeah, Scott's weekend's done. There again, 
like uh, like Kyle said, he he was given uh, some beer money to enjoy the weekend with the guys, and that's what he did. Uh, but Josh and Chubb both ended up making the race, and both had very different outcomes. Um, again, for all the the effort they put into telling the story and leading up to the race, like the actual race footage itself is only probably seven eight minutes, if that. Um, but yeah, Josh gets a flat. Uh, on the warm up and the pace laps, you know, for the main event. And it, it, one of the crew members is like, somebody poked a hole in this, uh, which I thought was funny. And later on in the race, he ends up breaking a drive shaft and, and obviously finishes almost last. Um, and then Chubb, yeah, he ends up finishing fourth and remind me of the guy who won. I forget his, it was a name I didn't recognize. Dale McDowell out of Chickamauga, Georgia. <laughs> yeah. Well, he, he well, ended up winning, but happened. he, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm sorry. So I'm stepping ahead of myself. Shannon yeah. Babb wins the race. He's light at the scales, and they give the win to Dale McDowell. Now, from what I understand, they had a lengthy red flag period in the middle of this race, and uh, everybody else cut their cars off. Shannon Babb left his run and her idling. So mm-hmm. apparently the theory is that he burned off enough fuel to where he was so ever, light. Ever so many pounds light at the scales, and they gave the win to Dale McDowell. So hmm, a 17M machine, which on another note on that, while we're on that Dell McDowell, you know, like I said earlier, we saw the beginning of Josh Richards career basically in this documentary. And he's kind of on a hiatus right now, I guess you could say, but Dell McDowell is still winning races this year. He won yeah. a, a couple of big races this year. So he won the topless, pretty- right? He won the topless 100 at Batesville, Arkansas, and I saw him win a uh, 100,000 to win XR Super Series race at Holland Pier Speedway back in the early, I think it was in March, and I was in attendance there. So, man, he's still winning, and like I said, Josh Richards was the kid here, and he's already done with his career, basically, and McDowell still is powering on. That's just a little side note there. Well, I mean, that's that's what you like to hear is, you know, a lot of these short track and late model guys, I mean, they run their careers are a lot longer than your average cup guy or indie car, any any sort of major racing series. So to hear guys still win when they're in their, I don't know how old he is, 50s, 60s, whatever, like, uh, you know, it's, it's good to see that. Yeah, how old is Dale McDowell? Let me look it up. Y'all go ahead with the next one and I'll look yeah. that up. I'll give you the answer in a second. I don't. Th- th- I think that pretty much wraps this up, bud. We uh, we covered, <laughs> we covered the whole the whole show. Unless unless you got more to say about it, because again, this was this was your favorite video as a kid. So I want to hear <laughs> anything else you have to say about it, or how it how it inspired you to to follow racing more. I'm all ears. Dell McDowell's birthday was May 18th, 1966. So you can do the math on that. Um, man, I don't know. It was just cool, like uh, to get to see to get to see this on tv you know it brought it to i mean like you just gotta put yourself in that time period and just imagine this would probably be dirt late model racing's equivalent to like the 1979 daytona 500 right for nascar Mm -hmm. i mean this uh because there was nothing on television at that time and like you like you time stamp it to 2006 well i shouldn't say that we had some races that did come on tv like fox sports south and stuff but they were just races this was like an actual documentary which i thought was cool and uh and then the following year um the world finals at charlotte in 2007 was actually live on television for the first two or three years of that event so uh, this possibly uh helped that out too but i don't know it just 
it was just cool man it was it was a it was a neat time period I mean, late models as a, as just a genre of racing in general, like are, are really fucking cool. And, and where I grew up, we didn't have them. I mean, like the Northeast, yeah. you know, I grew, all the dirt tracks I went to was dirt modifieds. You know, there were late models, but they weren't super late, you know, um, I just never saw them. Like it wasn't until a few years ago that I start I, I started seeing them. And, and again, this year is probably the first year I actually sat and watched some races and I've been going back and watching old stuff. And it's really interesting to see the evolution of the cars, oh, um, yeah. you know, how, you know, back going back to the seventies, they were just these wild rectangular things. And now there's the, these twisted sister cars that, I don't necessarily love, but I can understand why they are the way they are. And they're just wild fucking machines. And, uh, it's really, 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 really cool form of racing. And, and hopefully next year I get to go to a few more races. Yeah. So much has changed since that video right there with the cars and everything and the technology and whatnot. And mm -hmm. I'm looking at it right now, Dale McDowell's in victory lane there at the world. He told, I had Dale McDowell on my podcast and, uh, he told me that, they don't even use scales anymore to set these cars up. They use these uh, shock dynos and spring smashers and all that kind of stuff. To, so they don't <laughs> even put them on the scales. So that right there is just something that, that it, whenever he told me that, it blew my mind. But that is the way it is. I didn't and, know that. Yeah. Interesting well, stuff. And, you know, going to, you know, what's different now between then. Um, are you going to, are you going to go to Pensboro at all next year? I, I've sort of got it in my mind. I, I'd like to try to get to go up there, but I want to kind of see see what it looks like. I watch you know some videos from whenever they open it, and, and yeah, I'll, I'll make my decision. Because I'm 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 following that myself because I'm only three hours from there, and I, I want to go to the Memorial Day race. I'm interested to see what happens with this new uh, quarter mile or not quarter mile. Is it quarter? I think they said it's, it's almost. I think it's a little it's bigger one, than a quarter mile. One third mile. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. smaller um, than the original one. I mean, they do, they do plan, they, their goal is to do another race on the big track. But one of the things that the guys have talked about in doing Pensboro and, and, you know, making this new track is the fact that, you know, guys don't want to run 170 miles an hour anymore, which it Pensboro never looked like they ran that fast, but hearing that number, I mean, they talk about it in this documentary too, how some of these cars, you know, the, the, you know the horsepower to weight ratio they're faster than cup cars a lot of them oh, yeah. um and it's it's it is weird to hear drivers not wanting to go that fast i can understand why um but I, it's just it is it's you don't normally hear series pulling back like that willingly like nascar all the guys want the big motors again like they like they, they don't want these 500 horsepower motors but it seems like late models it's almost the opposite story yeah they've got these big motors and they're and they're choking them down with restrictor plates and stuff right now to, to run all these short tracks and they don't want to run these big tracks because uh the high rpms and you got to take it you know get it refreshed a lot sooner uh, that too yeah that yeah. that that makes they're sense. very expensive right now about 40 to fifty thousand dollars for a motor you know so i had uh you know we lost freddie smith last week i know rob mentioned that on this podcast earlier on before i got on but uh i had freddie on my podcast and he said he was never scared of speed and you know, but that was a different generation and a different time like uh golden isle speedway in brunswick georgia used to be a big five eighths mile oil based uh like like they literally 
mixed a bunch of oil and oil in with the dirt Mm -hmm. and it was basically like asphalt like i went down there in 2003 or two or something and actually saw scott bloomquist win a race yeah i went and uh freaking flying dude i mean we talked to a state trooper and he said he clocked him at 160 miles an hour at the end of the straightaway (laughs) (laughs) fucking rules and uh, one thing i remember about that night was i shook uh, you you guys may not ashley probably recognizes this name but uh mike head that used to drive the orange 54 late model he was down there and i met him that night and his hands were I remember his hands were huge, like whenever he'd shake your hand, but he was, he was saying we were going way too fast, man. He was scared about it. Uh, Well, I mean, you know, even though you're in a cage, uh, those cars are still not nearly as, I mean, yeah, they might be as fast or faster than a cup car, but they're not even nearly as safe. Not to mention the fact that, you know, unlike NASCAR, there's no soft walls. The tracks themselves generally don't have the same sort of safety. Yeah, I'd venture to say it's more of a track problem than a car problem because when you hit a concrete wall, it's different from hitting one with a safer barrier on it. But, yeah, yeah. I would a, say a, a lot of risk. I would say back in those days, like I just mentioned there, in the, in the early 2000s, going that fast was definitely outrageous. Yeah. Nowadays, <laughs> nowadays uh, don't even think about it. I mean, just from what all we know from between now and then. But uh, but I definitely think these cars are for sure safer. You you look inside of one of them and uh, and 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 the stuff that the drivers wear, the head and neck restraints and the full yeah. containment seats and all that type of stuff. But uh, somebody shared a picture yesterday on Facebook, and I know we're rambling on at this point. But it was a picture of Dan Schleeper driving a Bloomquist chassis car at a topless race. And his top of his helmet was through the halo of the chassis. He had no <laughs> head and neck restraint on. And he had like a seat with no headrest. And it was just like a little round, like the seats that Bloomquist used to ride in. And it's just like a Jeez. little round headrest right behind his head. And if he would have gotten a wreck that, in that car, wow. But, yeah, no weak links, huh? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> And maybe I can find that picture and we you can share it on the Instagram. I would like to see that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. All right. Well, I feel like that uh, we kind of covered a lot of bases here tonight and uh, definitely want to say thank you to Kyle for being on the show. Um, you know, like, I guess we don't really have a current show to plug, do we, huh? No, I'm going to try to get my stuff going again here pretty soon. I, I, uh, I definitely appreciate you guys having me on here and uh, everybody – I guess can follow me at Instagram or, uh, or, or Twitter at Kyle Armstrong 53. And, uh, we look forward to doing another one of these podcasts with y'all again at some point. I really, I've probably listened to, uh, 99% of y'all's episodes and uh, y'all do a great job every week. And, uh, I'll get out of the way. I'll get out of the way here for this one, but, uh, man, I, you know, you guys do a great job and hopefully, uh, we can get back on and do it again someday. Well, we'll be at least you and I will be hanging out at the World Finals uh, coming up here, so we might have to get on and chat about that uh, pretty soon. So maybe sooner than later that I'll be giving you the call. But oh, and the other thing, Rob, we've got to get that GoFundMe started so Brian and Ashley can uh, get a flow, uh, flow racing subscription. <laughs> yeah, so y'all can know what we're talking about <laughs> and why. I well, hey, all the time. <laughs> I I will say, Rob, that the the the, the link you sent me the other night was was pretty worked pretty good. So uh, I'm definitely gonna bookmark oh, yeah. that one, and we'll see we'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, there's just uh, that's the shitty thing about dirt racing is like 
there's so many different platforms and unlike like netflix or hbo whatever they're all like 30 40 50 bucks a month so it's well, that's it's, the thing it, about it, flow you know, is that it's it's not you know it's it's it sucks that you got to pay like 150 bucks up front but oh that's not that bad but it's one charge for the entire year and you get the lucas oil late models uh now you get the whatever the all-star circuit of champions is about to be um a lot of pavement stuff cars tour nascar mods smart mods all sorts of shit so it's definitely a worthwhile investment dirt vision is tough you know there's a lot of like you know help friend kind of shit going on in that economy Mm -hmm. but (laughs) i would say uh here here would be my suggestion or my little bit of advice i would wait till about the first week of uh uh january about the time for the chili bowl and then get your flow subscription yeah and you will not regret it yeah i mean you won't regret it i was tell i texted ashley earlier i was like i was telling i was giving her shit about it i said uh, (laughs) i said look i'm getting ready to I'm going to spend $300 on a plane ticket, $600 for a hotel room, and Lord knows what to go to St. Louis to watch that dome race. But I mm-hmm. want to see it in person. But I could sit at home and watch it on flow and save <laughs> yeah. a lot of money. I'll be texting your ass while you're sitting up in that dome. <laughs> I'm going to go give Kenny Wallace some uh, setup tips. Hell yeah. <laughs> We didn't even talk about Tyler Carpenter once on this show today, so. Damn. We're still rolling, so. That's all. We're good. <laughs> he let a few laps the other night. <laughs> he broke. <laughs> I text, you texted me and said, Tyler Carpenter's in the lead. I said, he won't make it. Uh, yeah. Sure Before I could get that text, he was out. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, That's man. been fun, guys. Yeah. Well, again, thank you, Kyle, for coming on. And I guess that's that's yes. probably the show, right, Bram? Ashley? Yeah, I think that's it. Um, so next week, uh, I mean, we're, NASCAR will be uh, in Martinsville. Ashley will be there. Yep. I will um, be there. So she'll have a full report from the show. Uh, the video of the week next week, it's going to be the uh, Alan Kowicki NASCAR video documentary, uh, Championship of Dreams, I believe is the name of it. So that'll be the video of the week. Uh, I'll have that on the playlist later. Uh, and as always, you can follow us at uh, or follow me at Speedway Screens and all the things SpeedwayTSJ.C.com. Follow the show at Meet Me at Applebee's on Instagram. Meet Me at the Bees on Twitter. And now Ashley with your plugs. Uh, yeah. Yep. Snake Mountain True Love. <laughs> it gets harder every week, doesn't it? Well, you know. That one offended Brian so much he hopped off the call. Least favorite part of the show. But I do want to give a huge thank you to Kyle for coming on and sharing his dirt knowledge with us. Hell yeah. Uh, Rob Boats underscore unofficial on Instagram. My band's called These Wild Planes. Again, if you checked out our new single, thank you. Thank you very much. We'll be announcing some shows and some other shit coming up pretty soon, like every other band does. Coming soon. We have stuff. Seriously, though, it's going to happen. <laughs> and uh, we'll be. Uh, announcing that probably the next few weeks so uh stay tuned and like i said i'll be at the world finals with kyle coming up here and uh if we're lucky true love and brian will also uh you know whatever's left over from the flow racing gofundme they'll put into the uh world finals fun and we'll see their asses out there uh i'll be there on friday and saturday for that i won't be there for the whole thing but i'll be there for uh at least the last two nights though okay it's uh, it sounded like I'm going to be making an appearance at Martinsville too Sunday. But, oh, uh, so maybe see you there. I don't yeah. think I. I didn't. Actually, the first time we ever met was at Martinsville. Yeah, that's right. Yep. 
I don't have a hot pass this time, though, so I'm just going to be a regular DARF up in the grandstands. I guess. <laughs> <Hell> yeah. <laughs> Sometimes it's, it's got to be that way. <laughs> yeah. I, I waited too long to ask, you know? Yeah. <laughs> no shame in the DARF lifestyle. It's all good. No, we're good. Eat some hot dogs. I'll come out to the grandstands and find you. All right. We'll see you there this weekend, yeah. and I'll see you next week, Rob, and uh, we'll do this again sometime. Hell yeah. Thank Hell you, Kyle. Yeah. All right. Uh, from the table at Applebee's, thanks, folks. We'll talk to you next week. Cotton has got the check. <laughs> <laughs>